But consider this, maybe it's cool if it makes you look cool in front of your friends. Maybe <laughs> you know? um, maybe those friends aren't that cool anyways. Or maybe you're lame for not doing it, you know? <laughs> Ever think about that, dear listener? <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome back with our pretentious book club this is round two of our intro today yay (laughs) sometimes i don't record and we have to start over and by sometimes i mean today that's the first time ever i think actually it's not like this is much of a problem i'm gonna make it a problem what if i just dipped every time no that would be i mean i could live with it it's not big oh see you know what i should have gotten my book club (laughs) wine glass that you're drinking out of i'm literally drinking water out of this wine glass (laughs) I'm drinking out of this world's best boss mug, which was actually a gift um, from one of Javi's uh, little soldier boys to him for his birthday, which is very cute. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, but I took it because it's the office, and so I'm using it and enjoying it immensely. But um, just a a heads up in advance, if you guys don't want to hear the nonsense and you only want to hear the book, I keep forgetting to say it, but you guys, there are skip notes. They're in the show notes below. Go use them if you don't want to hear the nonsense, because there will be nonsense. And let's be honest, there'll be nonsense in the summary, too, but maybe a little less. The ratio of nonsense (laughs) to Reduce your nonsense exposure. Yeah, Yeah. if you want to reduce your nonsense exposure. Anyways, that over there is Dr. Spoon's Palermo, a.k.a. Kendall Shaw, a.k.a. My Love, My Waifu. Oh, oh my god, wow, what an intro today. Hi, howdy everyone. And over there, now I have to outdo you, um, is the most perfect, the most angelic, beautiful woman in the whole world, uh, but I call her Wheezy for some reason. <laughs> 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 you know what? It's Ash O'Rourke, but you can call her Wheezy mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and you know what? On days like this, when I just get flattered with compliments, it is easy to be Wheezy. I'm happy to be Wheezy. I'll be Wheezy for you any day, Spoons. <laughs> Beautiful. Yep, gorgeous. Um, I do want to share with everybody, and I'm sorry, but if you're not on Patreon, you're going to miss the visual of this, but my mom is <laughs> so cute. She got my uh, my husband and I a gift. If you guys are new here, you should know that this, the supreme leader of this club is a black cat named Flora, who is completely psychotic and also not really all here. Um, and so my, but we, but we do worship her as a club and as a family because mm-hmm. uh, she demands mm-hmm. it of us. And anyways, my mom got us this soap dispenser that looks like a black cat. Uh-huh. It's so cute. That's adorable. Yeah. And it is plastic, but it's like really like thick, high quality plastic. And our other soap containers are from the dollar store and are all cracked and broken. And so I'm like, I think we just have a perpetual. I know it's technically says boo for Halloween, but I think I'll just, you know, cover those up with something. And then this is our just our new soap dispenser. All year. Yeah. Yeah. All year round. Uh, Definitely not just for the holidays. And also um, spoons. I have to tell you that the cat, uh, Flora, she also dictated my outfit for today because she did yeah. steal my new blue light reading glasses, the ones I'm wearing, and she did run away. She ran, she took them off my desk in her mouth, ran into the bathroom with them. So I took that to mean that she wanted me to wear them. So <laughs> she was picking them out for you. Yeah. She was like, you have to wear these today. And I was like, oh, okay. So, so if you guys are also on Patreon, you get to see me wearing my reading glasses, which is not typical, but I finally got blue light ones. So I also feel like I'm not just a poser wearing them because it helps my eyes feel better. <laughs> I've also been like doing this thing that I used to make fun of my mom for a while ago. Like, 
and like lift my glasses up and down. And I'll like squint. Even when I'm not wearing any glasses, I'll like squint really hard to like read stuff. And I'm like, what is happening to me? Why do I have to squint? <laughs> Does squinting even do yeah. anything? Or does it just make you feel like you're focusing? <laughs> I'm really focusing so hard right now. <laughs> I just squint. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah. Spoons, my waifu, how has your week been? Uh, good. Oh, I got new glasses this week. Oh, actual um, glasses. Yeah, they're in the other room. I'm not wearing QDC. I just QDC like just sprinting just, behind. Yeah. yeah. It was at a full sprint. It was really good. Yeah, that's just how she looks. Juicy's oh. our producer. So, also, yeah, yeah, a yeah. kind of sadistic, <laughs> psychotic cat. She's kind of been a, you know, I don't know. I feel like she hasn't. Floor is more of a figurehead, you know? Yeah. Juicy she has is. like actual roles, she and I don't power. think she does much with it. No, you know, she, she's kind of like the producer who spends her. most of her time getting high on crack and spending her clients' money. <laughs> you know, that, that producer trope. <laughs> the ones who get high on crack. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I do think she, it's accurate, um, though. Probably. She's so unpredictable. <laughs> Every time I think I know what Juicy's going to do, I don't. <laughs> she's actually been so good lately. She's like Aww. on her well-behaved era. I love her so much. But Is um, it because Haley's not there? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> they roll each other up, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Javi and Flora. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. It's just there's always one. <laughs> I'm good. What have I done? Nothing. <laughs> uh, probably nothing. Oh, your husband texted me yesterday for the first time ever. Did he really? He asked me yes. for your number yesterday. I was like, why? And he was like, just do it. And I was like, he okay. <laughs> He said, uh, let me just read. Javi, don't, don't. Take this as an opportunity to cancel me again. But he said... He's uh, always looking for an opportunity. <laughs> I know. He said, hey, it's Javi. I just want you to know that you're able to renew your premium friendship package. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was like, uh, respond yes to renew, no to stop all incoming texts. <laughs> I said, I really appreciate your reconsideration. Happy to be working with you again. Oh, my God. Well... And then we talked about a band... Because I was going to my brother's band competition. Another nice. one. There you go. They did so well yesterday. Oh, my gosh. And also, there was... Javi didn't think this was so cool, but there was a um, band and their theme, like their show theme was mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers. And it was the <laughs> most precious, wonderful thing That's I've so ever cute. seen in my life. Uh-huh. Ugh, I cried a little bit. It was so cute. Javi's standards for what are cool or not are, like, very, very high. Or just maybe just very, very specific. <laughs> he was That's like, cute. Mr. Rogers, lame. <laughs> that is, he did not tell me why he wanted to text you. I had no idea what it was about, but that's hysterical. So he must have just yeah, been. I guess he just decided. He was just thinking about it. He didn't even want to inform me that my waifu is back in the mix. He was just like. Back in his circle. <laughs> <laughs> renewed. I mean, I really, I think the disposable adult diapers you got him really yeah i think that, that helps that and the mead and then you guys bonded over band stuff i mean i knew he'd come crawling back yeah <laughs> i know you did from you know from day one you said that of I course really did. now if now if he hears this episode he's gonna be like yeah. i'm absolutely canceled again and i'm gonna cancel That's my fine. life too 
I know that he won't. I know he won't stick to it. No, he won't stick to it. I'm too great. I'm too lovable. I know. He also, he was talking about the saxophone like yesterday or the day before. And he did say the saxophone, like the sexy phone. And I was the like, phone. was that on purpose? And he was like, what do you mean? And I said, you just said sexy phone. And he was like, did I? And I'm like, do you? What is going on? And you're like, you tell me, but Yeah. It was good, though. Oh, that's funny. Well, anything uh, this week other than uh, your friendship subscription with my husband being renewed? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I'm good, man. Oh, I went thrifting yesterday. I spent $75. Nice. (laughs) That's not good. Yeah, but see then, I bet you got a bunch of stuff for $75. Do you want to see this dress I'm wearing? Yeah. Is this from the thrifting? This is the craziest dress I've ever bought or put on my body. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. I'm ready. It is this, (laughs) and it goes like... It like tucks in a little bit like a balloon. Oh my god! What? Why? There, I don't know, but it's wild it and it good. has one pocket. Just one and pocket. It's just a big sack dress, basically. Interesting. But I think I love it. It, it looks really comfortable. That looks kind of like the dresses <laughs> that I wear around the house and the farm, just because yeah. they're comfy. As of now, it's my little house dress, but I think I think I'm gonna probably. Adjust um, it. Expand. Yeah. No, just, just like start wearing become, it out more. Just start being, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just start being a sack dress wearer. Just going to start being somebody who's comfortable enough in myself to wear it out. That's you know? a great idea. <laughs> I, I fully support that. Thanks. That's adorable. But I love that you can thrift and for $75 thrifting, you can get so many things versus like two items. <laughs> oh my God. Seriously. Yeah. I bought like 15 things. Yeah. It was crazy. It's awesome. We went, I did a lot of like window shopping yesterday, like a lot of like online browsing and lots of saving. And I know what I'm getting you for Christmas and your birthday now <laughs> because I'm like, I'm, because I love to online shop and I love to like look at clothes, but I, <gasps> I hate to spend money. So I'll just like spend oh hours God. like online browsing and saving things. So I found like the perfect gifts for you and I'm so <gasps> excited. So uh, I'm now I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> it is October, but this is how early, like by October, by the end of October, I know what I'm getting everybody for Christmas. Oh, see, that's so good. Good for you. <laughs> it's fun for me. I used to collect stuff throughout the year and just hide it in my closet, which is like a good way to do it because you space out like how much money you have to spend at the holidays. But then uh-huh. now that I'm with Javi, Javi gets so excited or I'll be like, I'll like see something and be like, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to get it for my mom. Should I put it away and save it for Christmas? And he's like, no. Give it to her now. And he acts like I'm being like really cheap to like stick it away in the closet till Christmas. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'll give it to her now. <laughs> now stick to your guns. I know. <laughs> but it's but it is fun to be like, I got you a gift surprise. It is, yeah. Random gifts are fun. They are that's fun. True. Yeah. Even if you're not a gift person, it's still fun. So mm-hmm. that's exciting. And my mom got some cute clothes yesterday, which is like almost like I got to get clothes because I can borrow them from her. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. I also realized my mom, okay, so last night she has this like little, this is just me going into telling you guys my week. There's um this cute little like turtlenecky black, like sh- long sleeve short dress my mom got. And I was like, that is so cute on you, mom. Like that's a great style. And then yesterday, hello, is that Taffy or Jucifer? I can't that's see. Juice. Juicy. Yep. There's no tail. Now I can see. Hi, Juice. Hi, Jucifer. She's like, hmm, I'm busy sniffing the table, but your interest in me is, you know. Somewhat appreciated. I can't even stop her at this point. She's just gonna sit there. Oh, I know. I can't stop my cats either. They, Jennifer and Lily, have been eating the sunflower leaves that we got from uh, the pumpkin patch thing we went to, 
And uh-huh. then Yennefer threw up sunflower leaves. And then she was mad at me all morning. And I was like, bro, I told you not to eat the sunflower leaves. <laughs> and she was straight like petty all morning long. Even Javi uh. and my mom were like, what is with Yennefer? And I was like, she doesn't feel good because she ate a bunch of sunflower leaves. And now she's mad. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I can't believe you would do this to me <laughs> after she literally did it herself. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, as soon as I got back, Juicy started eating my flowers. The worst. Like, I put them inside and went to go get something. I came back inside and one of the flowers was completely bitten off. And I was like, okay, great. Great. This is the problem. (laughs) Anyway. I just want to have flowers, but the cats are like, absolutely not. You mean a snack? I want to eat those. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So nice of you to bring me a snack. And then I'm going to throw up all over your floor. Um, Right. Right. They like to throw up in the doorways. So that you walk into it without knowing, which is disgusting. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, so my mom has this cute little dress. And then we saw a really similar one on ThreadUp last night. And so she got that one cute, like that was really cute. But like basically the same, just another color. And I was thinking, OK, that's cute. You have it in two colors. This morning she goes, Ash, did I show you the other dress that I got? And I was like, what other dress, mom? She's like, <laughs> well, I got it a couple days ago. Here, I'll just I'll just show you. It's the exact same dress, but in a different color. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. She's so cute. To Three share. of a kind. Yeah. So one wow. is black, one is kind of burgundy, and one is kind of plaid, but they are the exact same. Like, same everything. <laughs> oh, that's so, so funny. cute. It's hysterical. It's precious. Um, so that was fun. Um, we had like a full, like, girly day, relaxing day where we drank espresso martinis and painted our toenails and did a foot mask. And I did a face mask because I'm breaking out like a tween. And, um, which is horrifying. I think like a tween, like a tween. Do you see? I say, I say it with disgust because tweens can't terrify. Me. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of anything else that's happened this week. I started playing this game called Disney Dreamlight Valley. I've heard of this. Yes. My, is it fun? My you mermaid like friend Marissa plays this game and she recommended uh-huh. it. And I was like, well, I don't know. Like, it doesn't really sound like I'm not like a super Disney person. It doesn't really sound like my thing. But I was thinking it could be fun to be playing a game that like my friends are playing. So we could like talk about it, or we could like hang out on yeah. Discord while we're playing, you know. And so that and then also I already had Stardew Valley, which is a different type game that's kind of similar on my wish list. So I thought I'll just try this one first, the Disney one. And dude, it's so fun. Really? <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah. Oh. My poor little oh my computer. God. I mean, it's a really good computer because it's the one Hobby got me for Christmas. No, my birthday. Um, so it's really good. But it's not a gaming laptop, so it is a little bit laggy still. But yeah. it's, it's still fun. It's good. So now I'm, like, thinking constantly about it. I'm like, I need to go on the next quest. I need to save Disney Dreamlight Valley <laughs> from, the, <laughs> from the forgetting, which is what they're calling what happens to all the characters. They've all oh. forgotten everything. And I can't express to you how much I don't care about the Disney characters. I'm like, I don't care what happens to you, but I do want to go on this quest. <laughs> You're like, Belle, you can suffer as, as far as I care. I'm like, I don't give a shit, honestly. Like, if Mickey's dies, like, that's on him. Oh, welcome to Dreamlight Valley. And I'm like, go away, Mickey. Did I, am I here to have a conversation with you? No, I am looking for the magical tools to rebuild the kingdom. All right. You nah. don't need to be here. <laughs> if I was playing this game, I'd be like, Mickey, oh my God. And what's funny is, is like the the options it gives you to respond are kind of like three levels there's like oh my god i'm such a fan i'm so excited to meet you one is like um just kind of like in the middle you know and then one is like hey like okay can we just get on with it and that 
it's me. I'm giving villain energy and it's not on purpose. It's just that I don't really care. I, I like the game. I just don't care about the characters all that much <laughs> to the point where like I none of like like the little like clothing items that you can win or whatever. A lot of them are like Disney themed, but some of them are just normal. And all of the shoes I currently have are like Disney themed in some way. So I'm literally running around barefoot because I'm like, I don't want to wear Disney clothes. <laughs> also, my character looks okay, adorable Rapunzel barefoot. energy. It was good. Also, it started like raining in the game. So I was just running around barefoot in the rain. And I was like, this is so like aesthetic. This is so cathartic and enjoyable. And of course, it's digital person running around in the rain rain, barefoot. And also the music is great because it's Disney music. I like Disney shows and stuff. I'm just not like a Disney girl. I just it's not a part of my identity, but I do love Disney movies and I love the music. So the music is like so nice, especially because a lot of these like games where you like do quests and farm and build your homestead. The music is stupid AF. And I'm like, no, I hate it. (laughs) Like what's the one everyone was obsessed with during quarantine? Oh, Animal Crossing? Yes. I hate that music. I hate that music so much. I hate their stupid little voices. Everyone's like, it's so peaceful. I'm like, it makes me want to break a chair over a, <laughs> like, it's another horrible. chair. Yeah. <laughs> a chair over another chair. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. So that's, it's so enjoyable. The aesthetic of this game is so enjoyable. Ugh, I'm um, really happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm thinking now of like the little like hairstyles and, and makeup and stuff they have. And I think you would make an adorable little character in this game. So you should get it. Uh, I'd have so much fun doing it, See, honestly. I think so. Maybe I will. You should. It's fun. We can all play. You can meet Marissa. We can all get on a Discord together. Oh, cute. <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> Anyways, girl gaming, go. Um, oh my God. Yay. I do want, I do yeah, want to. See, here's the thing is my brain is like, is this a justified shopping experience? It's not. But my brain is like, if it was a justified shopping experience, we could get that really cool gamer headset that has cat ears on it that you've wanted for literally years, <laughs> but have never had a good enough excuse to buy. <laughs> Would you get like the? Are they like pink? The There's pink, the pink, blue, and black ones. But I think I would just oh, okay. get the. I'm, I'm torn between the blue and the black ones. But I think mm-hmm. I would just get the black ones with the little mm-hmm. ears and the little mic because I use this my my headphones I'm using now to game. But the mic on these is where is it? There's a mic. I thought there was a mic somewhere on this. I guess there's not. No, it's on my other ones. So there's no mic on this headset because it's, uh-huh. you know, for recording and not for gaming. So then it's just like picking up my voice through the mic in my computer, which is not that great. So mm-hmm. I would just like to have like a gaming headset. And that would be so cute. I and know. Play Disney Dreamlight Valley with your little cat. You're a gamer. I know. As if I'm actually a gamer, but I'm oh not. Oh my god, that's and so. And so funny. I was like, maybe I was on the edge of maybe I can actually justify this purchase for myself. And then Javi goes, Oh, I've got an extra headset you can use. And I was like, <laughs> You're like, No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. I almost get to make this purchase. I was literally like, I guess I could cut like some cat ears out of paper and glue them to the top. <laughs> way sadder don't do that <laughs> so sad. i'm gonna come over there and i'm gonna sabotage javi's extra pair of headphones so that then you have to get new so ones. i have to get the yeah. ones with the cat ears i don't yeah. know why like i'm not like a hardcore gamer girl there's like three or four games i play very occasionally because i don't have time and i'm not like that into it I, yeah. I would be, honestly, <laughs> I didn't have so much other crap to do. But I, it's not justified in my aesthetic. It's not justified in how much I game. <laughs> it's just so not justifiable. I just want it so bad. Oh, God. I guess we could get into the book for this episode. All right. Okay. So this episode, we're doing The Night Circus by Ma- 
Marin Morgenstern. I keep doing that. Aaron Morgenstern. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry, Aaron. I have a really hard time for some reason saying your name. Aaron Morgenstern uh, is the author. And this was a book recommendation that was sent to us, I believe, on Instagram by Mathia Brink or Mattia Brink or Matea Brink. I'm sorry, Mr. or Miss Brink. I do not know how to say your name. But I appreciate the recommendation. I was actually really excited when it came in because I already read The Night Circus and I loved it. Was this an Instagram one? I think this was an Instagram. It's always possible it could have been an email rec, but most of our recs come from Instagram. So I would assume Instagram. But anyways, so thank you for the book recs. See, guys, we do do your book recs. We do do your book recs. We do. Don't even think we don't. No, because we do. We love them. So We do a lot. We do. So if you guys have them, send them our way because uh, book season five is uh, is in the works now. Thank you, Mathia. I think Mathia. She also told us that she listened to our Lord of the Flies episode. Mm-hmm. Ooh, she has some more Lord of the Fliesy recommendations maybe for next season. So that could be yes. fun. Yes. Okay, moving on. Thank you, Mathia. So Erin Morgenstern was born July 8th, 1978, which makes her a... A Zodiac sign. Cancer! <laughs> Ooh, cancer! I know because my brother's birthday is July 9th. Oh, there you go. She was born in Marshfield, Massachusetts. Or she was raised there. Born and raised, probably, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think. You know, <laughs> this this is mostly, this podcast is mostly guesswork, you guys. <laughs> uh, I think. Who knows? <laughs> we don't know anything. Literally, we know nothing. We know nothing. Okay. <laughs> so she went to Smith College in Northampton, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and studied theater and studio art. Heck Yeah. I've seen her biopic, like her bio uh-huh. picture, and she does look like somebody who studied theater. <laughs> yeah, she does have theater kid energy. She's like kind of edgy, but like very like confident in like her unique yeah, style. Yeah, Very theater kid. Yeah. She graduated in 2000. She apparently first started writing the Night Circus in 2005. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't published until in 2011. She sold it in 2010 and it was her first, it's her first novel. So that is crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, it was this, I saw on Wikipedia that this was a NaNoWriMo book. Yeah, yeah. Apparently she does, she's done it for like years and years. She does it like every year since like 2003. <laughs> I done it once and the book was not of the highest quality. I don't, I mean, that would be so hard. It's like, very hard. Imagine this being your NaNoWriMo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And this book is so intricate and like, beautifully crafted like yeah i know it's crazy i can't even imagine and then her second book the starless sea was announced in 2018 and it was released next year in november 2019 she also apparently continues to paint and she's also done a tarot deck of her own oh it's called the phantom wise tarot deck so kind of relevant to events in the story Mm -hmm. the night circus was like really well received when it came out it won the Locus Award for Best First Novel. So that's good. That's not surprising. Well, is that, so is that pretty much what we know about Aaron? That's what I got. Okay, sweet. I did not know about the Starless Sea, and so I am, I did just currently save the summary or whatever to read about later to see if that's a book I'm going to read. Because, <laughs> like, the title, she's so good at titles The Night Circus, The Starless Sea. I'm like, this is amazing. Seriously, she's good so at that, good. like, what if, it sounds like she's good at, like, the what if scenarios. Like, what if the circus, but at night? What if, <laughs> but only at night, what at if night. the sea, but no stars? 
Like, and what? it's like, what if? <laughs> yeah, wait, what if that? Ooh. Ooh, I'm interested. Now we're doing a new segment where we do first impressions of either, if you've already read this before, like what your first impressions were. I think this was your first time reading the book. So just upon like looking at the front cover and what you knew about it in advance, your first impression. Um, First impression was um, I'd seen the cover before, but like hadn't really ever paid much attention to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't normally go for kind of like mm, carnival. I don't know. There's a l- type. Yes, yes. The I aesthetic. like never go for that. Just on my own. Mm-hmm. I'm not like necessarily against it. I just like I don't know. People I feel like, like it's very strongly carnival. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, I don't care. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, you know, I bet it's good. I feel like I've heard good things about it, and you mm-hmm. had said it was good mm-hmm. you had does that make sense anyway, yeah i had what said am it i was talking good. about <laughs> yeah why does that sound like not a sentence um i don't know <laughs> i don't know uh so anyway yeah i was like i hope this doesn't get too like mm, 2009 hot topic like that's <laughs> kind of what i was worried about um, oh my god that's i think funny. that's where my, where i draw the line with like that's fair circus stuff like that it just all goes together for me yeah that's fair but uh it but I, it wasn't so good well i'm glad um my first impression i think this was another one of the books that my mom found and she recommended to me and i read this many many years ago i think i was in college Maybe I was just out of high school. I think it was sometime around there. And I saw the cover and I had, same, I had a similar but not quite the same impression of I just like I didn't I wasn't even not attracted to like the circusy type aesthetic. I didn't even know it was a thing like it was much of an aesthetic at all. So I was just like a circus. I don't know. And then <laughs> I had the book cover where like it's like um, there's a couple different versions, but one where it's got like the silhouette of like the guy and the girl in like the Victorian type dress or whatever oh yeah and so I remember being like well I don't know because sometimes historical fantasy is kind of hit or miss for me also and so I was like historical fantasy in a circus I I'm not sure I don't remember actually being that excited about it because it felt like too outside the realm of what I was familiar with Uh uh-huh um but then i enjoyed it immensely but um oh great yeah and also i have a cool cover so it's like a kind of like a double thing where like there's like i'll have to just post a picture of it actually i will post a picture of it because i do every week but it's like um got like an insert thing so like the actual circus tent on the cover is on this like the page behind like the cover page so yeah it's cool yeah it's very nice is it the one with the hand no but i just saw that one online i did is that the one you have yeah, yeah, the hand the holding the tents. Yeah. yeah, which is cool. Actually, that's more representative of the book. But um, anyways, I guess we can get into the summary now. Let's do it. Let's do the book. Hey, club members, Ash here. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my friend Leah. We used to teach youth theater together, and she has the most beautiful voice that you've ever heard. And she is such an inspiration to the kids, to me, she still is. And I've never seen anyone love their family so hard. Recently, Leah's husband was diagnosed with liver cancer, and he's already undergone surgery and is now going through chemo, which, as you guys can imagine, is extremely stressful and also expensive. The good news is that GoFundMe exists, and also that we have a book club full of this amazing group of readers, easily the best group of people that I've ever met in my entire life. We've told you guys before how grateful we are to you guys. You guys are what make 
this whole thing we've been doing for over a year now, so special. And I just wanted to ask if you guys have any extra money you could spare right now, if you could skip coffee or tea. I know a lot of us are tea drinkers. Just once this week to send some money their way, that would be amazing. I know that cancer is something that has touched all of our lives in one way or another and is really intimately messing with Leah and Jacob's life and family right now. Um, So if you guys could keep them in your thoughts, your prayers, if you can't send money, I completely understand. But if you guys can, whatever you can give, I would be so grateful. I know they would be so grateful. Leah and her family have set a goal of raising $20,000 and they're already almost halfway there. Uh, So if you guys find any room in your heart or in your wallet this week to give to them, that would just be amazing. I would love to get them to that $20,000, which as you can imagine is probably more like a drop in the bucket with this kind of thing, but still a drop that would mean the world to them and to me. So thank you guys for not skipping through this. Thank you for listening to my long diatribe. Uh, The link is in the show notes below if you want to give for medical and expenses for Jacob Schumacher at GoFundMe.com. And uh, now let's get back to the show. Okay, so this book is largely like really pretty imagery and really cool like circus tent descriptions and things and like illusion <laughs> descriptions. But, so yeah, this, I was like wondering how you were going to do the plot because it's so weird and like back and forth. It's and, very back and forth and there's like different plots that are all kind of equally important going on at the same time that are and yes. aren't related at all. So I'm going to try and give you guys the summary. It's probably going to be pretty brief because honestly, this is a 500 page book, but so much of it is just like descriptions of things and they're beautiful (laughs) descriptions so this is a book where i'd still recommend it like i clearly liked it even though it was like a bunch of descriptions which is not usually for me there's it was just so unique everything so we start out and there's this um little girl she's like five years old her name is celia and um celia bowen is that how you said her name yeah celia bowen okay so Celia Bowen, she shows up at this, like, um, it's like a theater or something, right? Where Prospero, the magician, is performing. Oh, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is his stage name. His name is Hector Bowen in real life. And, uh, well, in real fictional life. And <laughs> <laughs> Celia has a note pinned to her dress that basically says, hey, so you're my dad. My mom killed herself. And uh, I'm your responsibility now. And it's just like, wow. By the way. By the way. Yeah. And I know we started off real intense already. I was like, is this a wife? Look, I don't know. I know. I did there's not... also an F bomb in like the third page. There is. And I was yeah. And there's also like a sexy scene. It is a cutaway, but it is sexy. Like it's okay, definitely implies it didn't that they have strike sex. me as like too sexy for YA though. No, 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 it wasn't. Yeah. And that's the thing. It, this very much is the line between YA and NA, both with like how dark the opening was and the F bomb. I'm like this is definitely not quite into the point where I'm like, it's not YA, but it's not like a normal YA. But I think that one of the things that made me think maybe it's like not quite like it sort of maybe is, but it's not is because the characters are barely, they're teens for like only some of it. Yeah. Like the main characters. There's like, this book they're takes like place adults in like for three most of the book. stages. They're like kids, then they're like teenagers, then they're adults. And they all kind of all like the big stuff happens while they're adults. Yeah. So, so I don't like, know. I feel like. But my impression, I should say my first impression was that this was a YA book. Yeah. Yeah, But I think it's more of an NA book. But I think when it came out, NA was not as much of a genre. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care what it is. I'm just kind of like thinking about it, you know? Yeah. It's (laughs) hard to place. It would be classified as. Yeah. It's hard to place, which was the impression that the cover gave anyways. But it was good. 
Um, so anyways, uh, Prospero, a.k.a. Hector, is he's this magician who is actually magic. He actually has magic, but he puts on these shows and he pretends they're just tricks. And he finds out that his daughter Celia also has magic, like really powerful magic. And he's yeah, like, oh, baby. heck yeah. And also the thing about Hector is that he's the worst father ever. Like he's couldn't be a worse father. Yeah, he sucks. He sucks really bad. And so he basically is like, oh, this is great. I have the best game in mind. And the thing that's like weird about this too is time passes really strange. And like everybody in this book kind of stays young forever because of the magic that's like all going on throughout the book. So Hector is also like really old, um, but he doesn't look it. So he calls up his friend slash rival Alexander, who's also a magic person. And uh, he's like, hey, want to do another game? And he's like, are you sure after what happened to your last student that you want to risk this? And this game is so vague. And I'm just, you spend the whole book trying to figure out, like, what are the rules? How do you know when you've won? And then when when you figure out and they reveal, like, how you win, it's like, well, this is awful. Like, what? I kind of guessed, honestly. I was like, I bet this is just going to be that. Oh, my God. (laughs) I did not. And I'd even yeah. read this before and I forgot and I, I did not remember. And so I was well. equally horrified. Um, anyway, so he's like, this is my daughter, Celia. I'm going to train her to be this like badass lady magician. And um, you can pick the venue or whatever, like a public venue where we're going to have this like competition take place and you can pick your student and train them up. However, and I'll give you the first move. So, you know, you just let us know when you've made your first move. And um so Alexander's like, all right. And he goes and he picks this kid from an orphanage. But Celia and her dad don't know who he picked and they're not supposed to know. And then the kid that he picks from the orphanage, um, who ends up going by the name Marco. I don't know if that's his actual name or not. He doesn't like have. Alexander never learns his name. Himself. Yeah. yeah. I think he picked it himself. Um, Alexander's also the worst father ever. Like, yeah, like he's too. not quite as bad as Prospero, but he's pretty bad still. Yeah. They're awful. So they start training up each of their students, respectively, in very different ways. Prospero is more like hands-on, where he's like making Celia cut open her fingertips until she can, where he's cutting open her fingertips until she can like heal them back together, which is horrifying. Um, And so her training is just like actual hands-on magic and stuff. And then Alexander is having Marco like read all these books and he learns like runes and hieroglyphs and his is more like academic magic knowledge, right? Yeah. It's not hands-on. And so he's kind of a massive nerd. I love it. He's the, he's the brain, she's the brawn. (laughs) Yeah, it's really true. It's exactly what it is. And it's so cute. And so basically while that's happening, there's also this like group of, they're kind of like rich bored people who are like, what if we make a circus? (laughs) Oh my God, you guys. Oh my God. A circus. A circus though. (laughs) And so they do. So they set up this circus. But the thing is like the circus is weird even for a circus, which is whole thing is that they're weird. This is a circus that is only open at night. It opens at midnight and it closes like at dawn. And it doesn't, it never, they never say where they're going or when. So the circus just arrives and like, it ends up having like a ton of fans who try to follow it and there's this like secret network of people who try and like figure out where the circus is going to be but it's it's pretty difficult so they spend a ton of time and money on this circus um alexander basically gets marco to be a sort of like assistant for 
uh, Chandresh, Chandresh, I don't know how you say his name, mm-hmm. who is the one who's kind of heading up this whole circus thing so that Marco can kind of be on the inside of the whole like circus endeavor. Uh, so he's like, and the circus is the venue, obviously, for this yeah, big for competition, the for the game. <laughs> and so Marco like kind of already knows what's going on and kind of orderly or is already kind of manipulating things, even though Chandresh thinks that he's manipulating things. And so the circus is bananas. It's got this giant bonfire, magical bonfire that Marco set up. Of course. They have all of these people come in and like audition with their skills, but they want it to be like elegant and feel like it's like really like, like authentically magical kind of, but they don't think that there's actual real magic. Only Marco and Celia are like, no, we know that magic is real. Um, There is this contortionist, named Tsukiko. Is that how they say her name? Mm -hmm. Tsukiko. And she is super cool and gorgeous and, you know, she contorts herself. So I'm just like, that terrifies me. (laughs) I have so much respect and fear for people who I know, me too. I'm like, ah, how are you okay? I know, I'm like, that's cool. Please don't ever do that in front of me. (laughs) I don't want to see it. It's really upsetting. I am so proud of you, but please don't do it. But please don't because it looks like you're hurting yourself. <laughs> anyway, so Sukiko is one of the first people they hire on. Um, Marco befriends this girl named Isabel. Is that how they say Isabel. it? Or, yeah, yeah, it's spelled like Isabel. It's more like an S than like a normal Isabel spelling. Oh, but is it? I have the audiobook, so I had no idea. So it was Isabel. Spelled weird. Yeah, it's spelled kind of weird, but it's her name's Isabel, and she's not like as like magical as the others, but she does have like a touch of magic, and she starts kind of training with Marco a little bit, and she reads tarot cards, so she's kind of, she's a fortune teller with like mm-hmm. a touch of real magic. Um, and she thinks that Marco is in love with her. And Marco kind of just lets her think that he's in love with her. And he's not uh, Well, really. the boy kisses her and, like, basically lives with her for a long time. Yes. And I'm like, uh, dude, figure it out. But in his yeah. defense, he didn't really know he wasn't in love with her until later. So no, was like, he was just yeah. like, this is cool. I could have a life with Isabel. We're both kind of magic-y. Yeah. Um, she's chill, you know. She's chill, yeah. And then, um, so there's other people. They get this guy named um, Air Tyson. Tyson? How'd they say his name? The German man? Uh, Thiessen. Thiessen. And he yeah. makes this really cool, crazy clock that the circus, like, carries around with them. And the circus is all black and white, by the way. Like, they even, like, put stuff on the ground so that the ground is, like, black and white, which is just bananas. Um, anyway, so the clockmaker, he's one of the first, like, super fan, like, circus super fans that follows it around. He's, like, the head super fan. And he becomes friends with some of the people in the circus. Like, he's he's almost kind of one of them, which is yeah. pretty cute. He's um, like a groupie. <laughs> he is. He's, he's like a groupie. He's like a groupie for sure. And then Celia ends up going to the auditions for the circus. And she, you know, she says she's an illusionist. But Marco's there and he's like, that's magic. That's not illusion. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm in love. <laughs> and also, that's definitely my competitor. Yeah. It's like, all of this happening at all once. All of the same time. like, oh, mm-hmm. God. But Celia doesn't know that Marco is her compa- competitor yeah, for a baby. very, very long time. So uh-huh. she starts working in the circus. Circus is traveling around. It's pretty cool. Um, the people who, like, the rich, bored people who started building the circus do start all kind of being affected by it in kind of a negative way because this story takes place over a very long time. They're like, hang on, so the circus has been around for like a long time and no one's aging? That seems weird. And they're like, maybe there's more going on than meets the eye, but like none of the people who are involved in the circus that are actually magic will like cop to it. And so it's just kind of slowly driving a lot of the people who started the circus and who are normal people. It's just kind of driving them slowly crazy. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. And the whole circus, it's so it's not just the individual acts that have magic in them, but basically this competition revolves around 
Celia and Marco are both respectively adding things to the circus that are magical things. And they're basically trying to outdo each other, like with like Mm -hmm. more like cool, magical, like events and things to go do and see and tents. And so like the whole circus is completely run by and completely like uh, supported by magic. So like Marco's got his magic bonfire and that's what he uses as his like magical energy source to like do things and like create like cool Mm -hmm. illusions and stuff in the in the circus which is why the circus is like so beloved because it's like crazy like there's like a maze made out of clouds which is really cool oh there's uh uh the wishing tree there's the wishing tree the the winter garden there's a winter garden which is like celia's favorite place to go hang out and it's it's marco's and all she knows she made it marco made it and at first she doesn't know who made it she just knows that her competitor made it but she doesn't know Uh it's marco and yeah. so they, this goes on for a while and she still doesn't know who her competitor is, but she loves like these cool magical things that he's making and she feels like he's making them for her. They're also, they've been bound together when they were both kids and they were like chosen. They were literally, they put like a ring on, on the kids' fingers and they were bound together painfully. Yeah. So like it burned them or whatever. So, um, so they don't know that, but they can kind of feel that. And then while the circus is doing its circusy thing and Marco is secretly managing it and Isabel's reading her fortunes, um, there are these, on the opening night of the circus, there are these twins that are born. <laughs> They're so cute with bright red hair, these little twins. There's a girl and a boy, and they end up calling them Poppet and Widget, <laughs> which is pretty cute. <laughs> they are cute. my babies. They're very cute. So, like, a few years later when they're, like, kids, there's um, this other kid that's just normal kiddo, and the circus is in their town, and his name is Bailey. And Bailey and his sister and his friends are all hanging out in this tree, and they're all looking over at the night circus, but it's daytime, so, of course, the circus is closed. And they're, like, playing truth or dare, and her sister and his sister says, I dare you to sneak into the night circus. And Bailey's like, well, I have to do that. There's a thing about truth or dare <laughs> that I don't dare. get is people are like, oh, I am going to have to do that. And I'm like, you could literally just not. Like, there's no consequence. <laughs> That's why I'm not fun <laughs> with games. Like, truth or dare, they'll be like, truth. And then they'll ask for truth, and I'm like, I don't have to answer you. Actually, no, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> dare. No, I actually don't have to do that. Pick something else or I'm not going to play. <laughs> So not fun to play with. Um, But anyways, Bailey's like, I guess I have to now. There's absolutely no choice. I've lost all autonomy while I began playing this game. And so Bailey sneaks into the night circus. He pretty much immediately meets this gorgeous little red-haired girl, Poppet. But he doesn't know her name. But she knows his name. And she's like, hi, Bailey. You should get out. (laughs) And so he's like, okay. And so she helps him out, get back out. And so... And then the, the circus leaves and he doesn't see it again, but he thinks about her all the time. And he's like, how did she know my name? And uh, the thing about Poppet and Widget is that Poppet can see the future and Widget can see the past, which is kind of cool. It's like a cool little thing that got going on. I love But them. it's like a really unclear, like Poppet's, like what she sees of the future is really unclear. Like she sees pieces and she doesn't really always know how they all fit together. Whereas Widget just like, he can look at somebody and see like very specific things about their past because it's already happened. And the future's not quite decided yet. So that's why it's un- more unclear, which I really enjoyed. Also, they end up putting an act together where they like have like trained kittens, which is pretty cute. <laughs> So cute. Yeah. Because their parents are the ones who like perform with like the big cats and stuff in the circus. So they have the little little kittens. It's so cute. (laughs) So this goes on for a while. I don't know what Javi's saying, but he's so loud I can hear him through the door. He's playing this this video game that does not look remotely fun. And I asked him, is it fun? And he goes, no. And I was like, why are you playing it? And he's like, (laughs) you won't play something that's not fun. (laughs) No, I won't do it. I would. I don't know who would actually do a dare that they don't want to do in a game where there's no consequence if you don't. 
<laughs> I feel like there's it's like a, a certain personality type where you're either like, oh, everyone will hate me if I don't do it. AKA me. That's why I always would go along with it. Or you're like an Anne Shirley where she also was like, F you, I'll do anything, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're going to dare me to do it? Fine, I'll do it. And then I'll dare you to do something harder. (laughs) Nobody's (laughs) going to get competitive. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah, can't relate. Anyways, so they stop at this town. It's kind of rainy. Um, Isabel has gone to go have like a cup of tea at this little cafe and she's waiting. She's hoping that Marco will meet her there because he's in town. And um, Celia, who still doesn't know that Marco's her competitor, um, she goes and she runs into Isabel and they have tea together and Isabel reads her tarot cards. And I like the fact that Isabel and Celia are like kind of like they're never like antagonistic towards each other, even no. though like Isabel kind of senses for a long time yeah. that Marco's They're sort like, of romantic rivals, but yeah. they don't treat but each other like that. <laughs> it's nice. I'm like, this is healthy. Congratulations. Because really Marco is the problem here. <laughs> like y'all are both doing your best. Marco's the one who can't make up his freaking mind. True, so. true. Anyways, so then uh, Celia leaves again, and as she's leaving, it's raining. She had grabbed the wrong umbrella by the door, and she didn't know, but she just all of a sudden realized, this umbrella is enchanted because I'm not getting wet, like, at all. Like, the the rain is just, like, going around me and my umbrella. Like, I'm completely dry. The umbrella is dry. And then this voice is like, I think I think we uh, took the wrong umbrellas by mistake. And she turns around and it's Marco and he's got her umbrella and he's dripping wet. And I love a good like love interest reveal that's dripping wet in the rain. Ugh. I mean, it's the best way to do a love interest reveal, isn't it? Is it is the best way. I'm just wow. I always think of uh, of Mr. Darcy. Mr. Darcy. Mm. In the It had 95. that energy. Oh yes. My God. That's correct. So good. Anyways, so they switch and uh, Celia's like, "Oh, so it's you." And he's like, "Yep." And she's like, "Interesting." Bye. <laughs> she's just like, yeah. <laughs> you like, he's like, do you want to go get a drink? And she's like, hmm, no. <laughs> she just like leaves. But she's like pretty pleased about it. I think she's like, interesting. So this is the guy who's been making all like the pretty illusions and stuff for me. And so then we kind of like yes. flash forward. And basically the, so the rich board people who started the circus, Shandrish and all his friends. That's so hard for me to say. Shandrish? Is that right? I think Shand- that's how you say it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that he has these like fancy, like midnight dinners at his house, which is how the idea for like the night circus came to be basically. And, um, Celia's invited. So slowly like Sukiko's invited, um, Celia's invited, Poppet and Widget are invited. So like, kind of like the favorites from the circus kind of end up going to these dinners. And Marco is there obviously because he's Shandris's, I can't say it, assistant, um, which is interesting and um so basically he gives celia a tour of the house and i'm just gonna say right now my favorite part is that he shows her this room that apparently was like modeled after some like courtesans like chamber or something (laughs) but it's like a room that's like mostly like satin pillows on the ground it's just like a pit (laughs) of like pillows and i'm like oh my god i'd never leave and marco's like i like to come here and read and celia's like i love to read and i'm like we all love to read (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like wow big big surprise wow she's like it is so sexy that he reads oh my gosh <laughs> and he's like you like to read too oh my god, oh my god. they're like let's lay in these in these satin pillows and uh, is this where they have their first kiss no no is this where I they, think they first kiss they touch like, hands in the or ballroom something. at one time he like comes that's right in and, yeah, yeah that's right so this is but this is where it's very clear that they have romantic feelings towards oh, each other totally this is where it starts is, is this whenever she's like 
stop like magicking your face. I know you're not that hot. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. That, that might be I, a little bit later. Oh, maybe it is right. Maybe it is the scene. But there is a point where she's like, there's no way. And he's like, no, I'm showing you my real face. Everyone else sees a different face. This is my real face. Yeah. So he like put he's very charming is the thing. Mm-hmm. Like Marco's really good at like manipulating people sort mm-hmm. of. So he'll like. Can I just say, I the whole time was like, this boy was raised in a closet eating saltines and reading books. How on earth is he so charming and good with people? This is my only problem with the whole book. Like, logistically. (laughs) I was like, I don't buy it. He really (laughs) flourished. Like, as soon as he and Isabel started dating, I was like, how is he, like, so good at this? I was shocked. He literally started talking to people six months before. Like, he literally wasn't even allowed to speak to other people. He was raised in complete isolation. I'm like, you should be crazy. You should not be a charming hot guy. I'm cool and hot. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but you were saying. So he's good at manipulating people. Oh, in yeah, his that's face. it. So he he basically, everyone else sees him as like this like chiseled cool guy. But mm-hmm. then um, he's still hot, of course. Yeah. But he's like just like kind of softer, like more normal looking. And she's mm-hmm. like, I like this better. Yeah, it's very cute. And they like touch hands or something in that room for the first time. And does oh, yeah. the chandelier explode? I think something goes crazy. Something They're like, goes whoa, crazy. I guess we have chemistry. chemistry. <laughs> Ooh, did you feel the electricity? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> it's pretty cute. And so um, so that's kind of her thing. When she, when her magic gets out of control, like it would just like explode everything around her. And he's like, I could put it all back together for you. And it's like, oh, my God, are we in love? And yeah, so flash forward. They've, they've been dating. They've been <laughs> yeah, dating on the sly, <laughs> but not really on the sly. Yeah, they kind of like only see each other sometimes because he doesn't go with the circus. Yeah. You know? Oh, I should have also said that before the circus started, before she auditioned for it, um, she <laughs> Celia had to fake her father's funeral because freaking Hector, a.k.a. Prospero, um, he did some stupid oh, yeah. <laughs> magic thing where he accidentally kind of turned himself into a ghost. <laughs> and um, so now he just follows her around being a bitch. <laughs> he just like falls around and is like, you know, you can't have him. You know, blah, blah, blah. You're so stupid. You're such a disappointment. And she's like, F off, ghost man. <laughs> you cannot make me do anything. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, it's good. Honestly, she's her like, life got so much sucked. better. Yeah. Her life yeah. got so much better when he turned himself into a ghost. Oh, me so. too. Did you say me too? Yeah, I was glad he wasn't hanging around, like, oh. in human form anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, Alexander realizes um, that these uh, competitors are now besotted with each other. And he tries to warn Hector that it's a problem. And, and Hector's like, Celia's so much more powerful. And he's like, I don't know about this. You almost think, like, Alexander's like, this is kind of a shame. I almost regret this. But not quite. <laughs> He's just kind of like, this is sad. You know, like when you see like a dead animal in the road, you're like, this is really sad, but not as sad as if this was human people. Like that's how they have, that's how they think about people. <laughs> yeah, it's you're like, right. And I think it's because Poppet, Poppet later says something like they've just been alive for so long that they've lost touch mm-hmm. with their humanity or something, which I guess is the only way that you could justify people acting like that. To his own <laughs> daughter. Oh my God. True. <laughs> Anyways, so they're both kind of trying to figure out a way to like, end the competition so they can get on with their lives because neither of them know how you figure out how you end the competition but basically and they're adults at this point um and they're so deeply in love and yeah the the circus has been going on for like 10 years at this point like yes and nobody is aging (laughs) like yeah (laughs) except for the twins except for the twins who are growing up um and yeah, and then the, Bailey's whole thing is going on on the side, too. Like, his family wants him to go to Harvard. His dad wants him to run the farm. 
Um, Bailey doesn't has no idea what he wants to do except for meet the girl with the red hair again. <laughs> oh, little boy. He, uh, he stole one, or he didn't steal. She gave him one of her gloves, and so he's been cherishing this little glove, which is pretty cute. Um, so, so he's just waiting cute. for the circus to come back around. But anyway, so they're trying to figure out how how they can end the competition. But then they figure out, oh, the competition only ends basically when one of us is dead, either because we kill ourselves or destroy ourselves with magic. So I think the implication was that the last time there was a competition, one of the competitors just couldn't take it anymore and killed herself. Was that correct? I thought that was the implication, but then later it it was like maybe destroyed herself. It was unclear, but the whole idea is one of them has to die. Um, But they're pretty hard to kill, so um, because they're magical, so they it's it's something where probably they would have to kill or accidentally destroy themselves with their magic, Um, because they just get so weary of the game because it takes so much. Because now Marco has the bonfire that he uses as kind of like a battery pack, so he's not exhausted running all that stuff at the circus. Celia's magic is all instinctual. She's not like without like the book learning. So she doesn't have anything like that. So she's literally running this whole circus based off her own magic at all times, which sounds exhausting. And the circus is growing and growing. Like, and there's always more like attractions and things. So she's, (laughs) the drain is just really intense. And so she's like, well, maybe I should find a way to die so that Marco can live and the competition will be over. And Marco figures out that that's what she's going to do. And he's like, no. And then, um, so then she's trying to figure out a way. He's got this notebook where, oh, by the way, they have like a cute scene where, um, I guess I have to say, she tried, she went to Alexander and tried to get him to come to the circus to just announce a winner. Um, while he was there, Shandrish, Shandrish, who has been slowly going crazy because yeah. of so many questions. And then he's drunk and then influenced by Prospero the ghost, which is also a reference to, which one is it? Shakespeare? uh tempest i think tempest yeah it's a tempest um anyways so they he ghost details him like hey you should go try and like kill alexander which is stupid a very bad idea and so chandra who's crazy goes and takes a knife and he tries to throw it at alexander when he's at the circus it misses him and it hits Ertisen, which is so upsetting because he's just such a sweet pure man he was so sweet it's awful, and Celia tries to save him, and she can't, so then she shows up on Marco's door, and she's so upset, and she, like, explodes the ink thing, like, the, and it's just, and they have, like, a very, like, sweet, passionate scene, and they hug, and they kiss, and then they have sex. We're, they assume, get sexy. You know, I mean, he takes off her corset, and that's the last that we see, so I'm assuming <laughs> they probably had sex. Uh, it was about time, you know? I was like, okay, can y'all hurry it up? It's been a lot of years. <laughs> and so um, when he wakes up, she's stolen this notebook that he put everybody names in so the names of everyone in the circus um and so it's kind of like a protection thing like everybody whose name is in the notebook is like protected and part of the circus or whatever so she's trying to figure out a way to disconnect the circus from them because she realized if either one of them dies before the circus is independent of their magic everybody who's a part of the circus is gonna like lose their jobs their livelihoods everything so she's trying to make the circus independent and trying to figure out a way to make it exist without their magic, which is not going very well because it's a circus completely built on magic. <laughs> um, so that's not going great. Uh, we find out that Tsukiko is actually one of the competitors from the last game. She was the what? winner. Okay, that took me by surprise. I did not expect that. I know. I didn't either. And I had already read this and I'd completely forgotten. <laughs> not only that, but she was also in love with her competitor, the Ugh, woman who died the last so round. Sad. Which was very sad. And now Sukiko kind of doesn't give an F about anything. Yeah, she's like, like she, she cares can y'all finish this up already? <laughs> yeah, she does not care that much. And so Celia's so like, this is great. Are you going to help me? And she's like, no. 
Probably not. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> if things get really bad, I might step in. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, uh, is, things start to go wrong with the circus because uh, Isabel, basically, Marco goes to see Isabel and says, hey, so I'm in love with Celia. I should have said that a while ago, but I am. And then he leaves. And then Isabel's like, okay, well, I'm going to destroy everything. But she doesn't know <laughs> that. She does not know how integral she is to the circus. And I didn't know yes. either. But she I basically, like, tears up this kind of charm thing that she had made with, like, his hat and or some, like, some, like, ribbon or something. And yeah. And it was hers or something like that. Um, and so when she does, it kind of, like, starts, the circus starts kind of breaking down, which is not good. And so now that's happening, too. And Celia's trying to make the circus independent. And Marco has no idea what's going on. <laughs> and uh, Bailey has been, the circus is back in Bailey's town. And Bailey's been going every night. And he's he's friends with Poppet and Widget. And they hang out all the time. And it's so cute. And Poppet finally comes to see him at his house. And she says, hey, so I saw in the stars that you're supposed to come with us. And if you don't, the circus is going to cease to exist. And he's like, what? (laughs) And uh, she's like, also, I love you. So bye. And she doesn't say that. But she does kiss him. And he's like, oh, my God, I would go anywhere for you, Poppet. But the problem is that the circus train leaves early. So he misses it. So that's unfortunate. So they're on the train going to their next destination. Everything is going wrong. Um. Bailey does end up catching up, I think. Yeah, because he meets up with, like, the people who follow the... Who know where the the circus is. Yeah, the circus The groupies. Yeah, the the groupies. They're like, oh, my God, dude, you're one of us. And he's like, I guess so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So he gets to the town um, where the circus is, and they're like, did you see there was an explosion at the circus and there's smoke coming up from the whatever and so um because poppet had told celia that she predicted fire at the circus celia had like Mm. fireproofed all of the tents and stuff in advance to try and like prevent it a little bit um so bailey you know he he tries to get out there to see what's going on basically what's happened is the bonfire exploded which is like crazy and now it's gone and it's just smoking and luckily the damage wasn't as bad because celia had protected stuff but yeah so now everything's falling apart because that was like the source of magic for everything that celia wasn't controlling um now yeah so marco's out there celia's out there they're trying to figure out what to do um the sukiko's there and she's like okay i'm kind of done waiting on this i kind of feel like this was a bit of a plot device because it was almost like this could have gone on forever like what would have happened celia would have she would have just been slowly drained to death trying to support the circus on her own i guess so for a faster ending sukiko's like I'm not going to watch this all go down and take you like another like 30 years to kill you slowly. So I'm just going to solve this right now. They start the fire again and she yeah. shoves Marco in. <laughs> I think like I, now I'm trying to remember what happened. How did we start the fire again? At the end here. I know. I'm just I'm, I can't remember how they started the fire again. But Celia jumps in with him. jumps in. Yeah. And so she jumps in with him and she does that magic thing. The thing that her dad did that turned him into a kind of ghost. It's basically like his consciousness is spread out in like this like other you know like realm like like he can see everything he just can't interact with everything and not everyone can see him um but he's still just it's not like he's not dead he's just you know different he just looks like a ghost now and so basically um celia tries to to do that with marco like she grabs him and she tries to like pull apart all of their particles individually like you know because that's what she does is like explode things and put them back together so she tries to do that to save them and then put them back together but she just she can't figure out where she like where he is and so she like reforms and she can see herself and she's fine and she doesn't know where to look for him and he also he wakes up in the winter garden tent in the circus which is starting to melt and um I think it's starting to melt at this point. 
because I don't think the bonfire thing is actually fixed. I think it's just fire. I don't think the magic is back yet. But anyways, um, Celia comes and finds him in there and, she, and he's like, oh my God, we're alive, aren't we? How do we How do we do this? And Celia's like, I'm so glad I couldn't find you. I use the circus as a touchstone. So basically we find out that they're both like ghosty versions of themselves now, but they're yeah. together. But they're tied to the circus. So if the circus falls apart, which again, we still have the problem of even with Celia's magic, she still can't keep the circus going completely by herself. So when the circus dies, it's going to destroy her. Mm -hmm. So they're like, what are we going to do? And then everyone whose whole entire life is the circus also has nothing. So they're like, what do we do? We got to find somebody else who we can um, basically pass the magic on to sort of. Yeah. Um, And guess who's there? Bailey, which made me think, wait, is this a reference to Bailey and Barnum? Circus? Oh, I did think that at the end. I was like, is this like a Barnum Bailey thing? I don't know, but. Yeah, I think it must be. I think it's got to be a little bit of an illusion. I guess it's an illusion, yeah. Yeah, just an illusion. I don't think it's like a direct. And this was the Barnum and Bailey. (laughs) This is really (laughs) big. No, I think it was just an illusion. Yeah. Maybe it was an accident. Just kind of a little little wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, like a hey. (laughs) Um, But anyways, so. Pop, it's like, hey, Bailey, glad that you're here. Somebody needs to talk to you. Or somebody says that because he's looking for Pop and he can't find her. Or Sukiko, I think, says that. Yeah. And basically, he ends up talking to um, Celia and Marco. And they're like, so here's the thing. Um, (laughs) We would like to give you all of our magic. um, But then you can't ever give it to anyone else. This is like a one-time transfer thing. And you will have to stay with the circus forever. You can only leave for like a few days at a time. And the circus will rely on you forever. Um, but you also get to stay with Poppet forever. But we don't want this to not be a choice, like with us, when we were, like, bound to each other with zero yeah. choice. So it is up to you. And Bailey is like, this is great. I did not want to go to Harvard. I did not want to be a farmer. All I wanted to travel do is travel around the circus with the redhead girl. I think, awesome. I think this is great. I mean, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Really, things worked out so well for our boy. They really did. He didn't do all that much. No, he kind of just hung out. I was yeah, like, he just kind of hung out. Yeah. He was just kind of ready to go with the flow. He well, was just ready for an adventure. They even said that, like, she was, she was like, listen, I wish I could tell you you're the chosen one or something, but you're really just here at the here. right time. And that's, <laughs> that's good enough, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I was like, that's uh, and he's willing. And refreshing. It is fun. I love that. That's one of my favorite things where it's like, uh, you're important just because you were willing to like join in. Not really because yeah. you were like some magical inherently power. special about you, but yeah, I like it. You're willing. Um, so he agrees. He does have to do like the weird like burning. Marco like binds him to the circus. So instead of being bound to a person, he's bound to the circus and he's got like the whole ring and the scar thing. And then he's putting together the bonfire again and he's throw he throws in like a bunch of items from um the people at this in the circus because if their if their name or an item of theirs is in the bonfire then they're like protected or whatever so yeah. he throws in poppet's glove and the bowler hat that he founds that he finds out there which ha- just happens to be marco's and uh, some other stuff and anyways that's that's pretty much that like he lives yeah. with poppet and they're adorable and the circus lives on and um marco and uh celia are more like they're like ghosts like so they're they are the circus basically they're a part of the circus but nobody can really see them but they get to live together and it's happy um, yeah it's yeah. kind of implied that like they're still kind of helping widget and pop yeah. and stuff like do stuff so yeah they are and they're still keeping I guess the, they still hang the, out yeah exactly so they they <laughs> hang and they and they get to live in all of those beautiful illusions that they made for each yeah. other so it's it's kind of a happy ending <laughs> but it's just a weird one <laughs> i loved it honestly i loved the ending 
I know, it was really cute. Um, and then basically, they, um, Poppet and Widget and Bailey are kind of like the new owners and managers of the circus. Yeah, and they, they, uh, they get Chandrish to sign over like the, pro- like the property rights or whatever to the circus. And so now it's like totally self-sustaining and it's good. It's cute. And that's, so uh, that's the night circus. Yay! I really liked it. I did too. What was your favorite and least favorite part? My favorite part was the, um, the part where Bailey and Widget and Poppet were like walking around the circus and they were showing him all of the cool tents and stuff for the first time. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. you've never been to this one? Okay, well, let's go. And they're like <laughs> meeting up. He was like, you got to try this. Like, and they're eating all like food and like just having mm-hmm. the best time ever. And Bailey's like, oh, my God, they want to be my friends. It was so cute. So cute. I was like. I want to be here with these kids so badly because they're like, yeah, let's go look at this other amazing thing. Like it was, I just want to go to the circus so bad. I know. I know. (laughs) Same. Honestly, it sounds awesome. My least favorite part, maybe when Tyson died. I was sad. Yeah, I think I agree. Also, that other lady died too. And that was sad. The one of the sisters. Oh, Um, yes. She got hit by a train. Yeah. She started to know too much and then she kind of. Yeah, yeah, because she's so also was, starting to be driven mad. So that's yeah, unfortunate. That, that was upsetting um, too. Yeah, and Marco and Celia, especially yeah, Marco, feel like I, really guilty. He's like, I oh, should have yeah. added her name to the like the little like protection roster, and I didn't think about it. Yeah, I think that the. I mean, I. It's not like I really minded that people died. It's like, listen, it's a book. People are probably going to die. But <laughs> I think that one of the things I liked about the book so much was that. I went in expecting it to be like, oh, but there's a dark secret with the circus or something. But it was like, no, the circus is just awesome. Like, that was kind of like what I really liked about it. I was like, no, this is just fun. And there was also like no competition between Marco and Celia ever, even though they were in the competition, even before they knew who each other was or before she knew who Marco was. It was still like she was like, oh, my God, he's so good at this or or they're so good at this. And yeah. like they were just kind of doing stuff for each other and like yeah to like impress like, each other oh, but not so like for good. competition yeah yeah it, it was, was cute. so sweet I loved like I guess what I'm saying is I liked how actual little conflict there was in this book there was very little conflict <laughs> like almost no conflict actually yeah until the very end and that's why I was like so this book does and it's 500 pages so it did I realized feel like it moved a lot slower because a lot of it is just them making these like magical illusion love notes to each other like the yeah, whole book basically. Yeah, and very little conflict. Um, my favorite part, like I said, was very weirdly specifically that cool room with all the bill. I was just like, oh my God. Also so romantic. I loved it. it but also great. I all of their illusions that they made for each other were really cool. And all the scenes where like Marco would like pull her into this like weird like separate illusion-y world and ha- like so sweet. Loved them. Yes. Um, least favorite part, probably when... Um, I mean, it was really sad when Tyson died, but also when Prospero sliced open his daughter's fingers and also broke her hand. Oh, just so that did make it. me upset. I was like, Celia, you could kill him. Do you know that? I don't know if you realize this, but you probably Girl. could. I don't know. I mean, he he is a magician with probably like hundreds of years of experience on you. But yeah, I but feel she's like gifted, you know. <laughs> yeah, she's gifted. So, um, what about favorite least favorite characters? Um, I don't least favorite Prospero. Yeah, probably he Prospero, sucks. least favorite. I think um, I'd induct him into the hate squad. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that earlier. It's like, can he dad. be in the hate squad? He, yeah, he, he feels like a bad dad, just like not good. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I didn't like him at all. Uh, but like, I think I'm tied for favorite with Widget and Poppet. Honestly, I was gonna say Poppet. <laughs> I love. I think yeah. Poppet's my favorite. She's great. Yeah. She's so cool. Sukiko was really interesting, and I'm like, she wait, was. I kind of want her, her book. Actually, <gasps> me too. But we know it'll be sad. I know. But I didn't. Still read it, it wasn't her competition like Kyoto or something. It was like, yeah, and it was like at a tea garden. Yeah, and it was like cool. hundreds of years before Doesn't this. That sound and I'm like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need to know her story in great detail. Um, what about uh, favorite quotes? Okay, ready? Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> as soon as it came up, I was, I was listening and I was like, that's it. And I, oh my I God. It's this is the part when it's like one of the Celia, Celia Marco, like, cute oh, parts. They have such good parts. I know. And she. <laughs> She's ta- he's she's basically like yeah I remember seeing your you as you, like your real self uh, at the circus every now and then like at my tent mm-hmm. and he's like oh yeah and then he goes do you remember all of your audiences Marco asks not all of them Celia says but I remember the people who look at me the way you do what way might that be and so they cannot decide if they are afraid of me or they want to kiss me I'm not afraid of you says Marco <laughs> I was like. That was smooth. So, I was like, was, oh, damn. It's, it's, this is my thing. How did little saltine cracker closet boy, <laughs> how did he learn to be so smooth? <laughs> Seriously, I was like, dang. He's, got he's like, I read a lot of books. It's because, you know what? Maybe books do give you game. <laughs> yeah, it's literally, he's that meme of like, <laughs> me and the bad bitches I pull by reading books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is him. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Um, I picked two quotes. The first one I picked just because I think our audience, uh, our book-loving audience will resonate with this one. So readers, this is for you. Um, (laughs) The quote is, strange, isn't it, to love a book when the words on the pages become so precious that they feel like part of your own history because they are. Oh, nice. It's really good. We're all made from the books. And then this is one that, I mean, I don't even know what it means, I'll be honest, but I just think it's gorgeous. <laughs> like, if I was going to get, like, a random book quote that I had, I do not really understand the meaning, but I think it's great. It's this one. We are all stardust in stories. Oh, so good. I'm like, Beautiful. I love that that makes no sense. It's my <laughs> exactly. favorite. I exactly. love the way it makes me feel. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, well, what did we learn from this book? Ugh, what did we learn? Maybe um, ask more questions about <laughs> the game. <laughs> uh, I know they asked questions some, but I feel like they kind demand of demand answers. It. Yeah, they did not demand <laughs> answers. I'm like, I feel like y'all could have thrown more of a fit. But <laughs> listen, being um, hundreds of years old is not an excuse to be a dick. Okay. No, come on. <laughs> Enough. We I can't see. believe we haven't been over this before. It feels <laughs> like this is this, <laughs> this really comes up place. often, I think. It you know? does, yeah. That's true. Um, you know what? Breaking into a circus actually might not be a bad idea. You never know. You could meet the do love it. of your life. Do, do it. Break into dare. that circus. Do Don't dare. do it. Don't you guys. <laughs> uh, actually, here, here's real talk. You guys can turn down the dares. Okay. No, you don't know listen to her. <laughs> giving into peer pressure doesn't make you cool. I feel, I'm such a nerd. Yes, I'm like, it does. Giving into peer pressure doesn't make you cool. <laughs> I went to the assemblies. <laughs> Guys, bullying is wrong. <laughs> Do not peer pressure people. Oh God! But no, but y'all, y'all don't have maybe to do those stairs. It's cool if it makes you look cool in front of your friends. <laughs> you no. know, maybe it's worth. 
Maybe um, maybe those friends aren't that cool anyways. <laughs> or maybe you're lame for not doing it, you know? <laughs> Ever think about that, dear listener? <laughs> They're like every damn day. This is inside of you are two wolves once again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's oh, so God. true. Um, if you have the opportunity to be filled with magic and be the lifeblood of a magical circus, you say yes to that. <laughs> yeah, okay. That is something you always say yes to. You always say yes. I think we're all in agreement. There is but one wolf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got it. Um, if y- <laughs> What? Uh, I think there's a lesson to be learned about the Isabel Celia-like relationship. Yes, you know that what? was nice. Girls. We got to stick together, okay? Mm -hmm. He's the problem. He's the problem. (laughs) I mean, not not that that's always the case, but I do think it's often, like, it's just so easy to see women as rivals. And I will, like, I've said this before, I will see a really hot girl and inherently dislike her. And I'm like, she's way hotter than me. And I'm like, Like, wow, Ash, that is not okay. We you should not. <laughs> women supporting women. We women supporting it. women. Isabel and Celia are both queens. I'm so they impressed with They are. They were queens. I was very proud of Isabel yeah. for not turning extremely bitter. Like, even when I she know. messed stuff up, she didn't mean to, you know? No, she, she had no idea how important she was. And, and, and I never spell... thought she was that powerful. But no. she was. But her spell was literally, like, helping them. It was yeah. all about them. And then she was like, yeah. I'm mad. <laughs> Also, it's probably not doing anything. I was like, girl, yeah. stop, please. See, stop. I didn't. I was like, well, throw your fit. You definitely deserve it. You've definitely earned it. Marco's been a tool. And, oh, I, uh, I mean, she, had no idea she was that powerful, but yeah, she was. Yeah, for her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, any, other, any other lessons? I don't know. We should bring back. um, We should bring back rooms that are just big, just a bunch of like satin (laughs) cushions everywhere. Yeah, true. I want like a little like dock that leads out into the room, and then instead of water, it's just cushions. (laughs) Sounds amazing. You know, I thought of one. I want more books where there's no conflict. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. I want more books like this where it's like most of the time you're like. So everything's mostly okay, though. Like, there's no immediate yeah. danger. That's kind of what it was like. I was like, it was. okay, it's, I like it. I want That's more of funny. that. If you guys are writing a book with no conflict, send it to me. Yeah, Spoons wants it. I I don't know. This one, the imagery and all the cool illusions and magic was just so unique. And I was like, I want to know what tent they make next. Like, I want to know what cool magic thing Marco's yes. going to build for Celia next. And that's really what kept me moving, even without the conflict. So I guess we have a lot of magic. What about Pinkies Up? Okay, for me, I'm going to give it four and a half pinkies up. Ooh. I loved it. I'm giving it four pinkies up. Yay. Because it had no conflict or else it would have been a five. <laughs> <laughs> but the magic alone was so interesting and unique that I was like, it has to be at least a four. And I've reread it twice now. And I yeah. might reread it again at some I point. I mean, it's just so nice to read. Like. I just want to be there. I haven't read a book in a long time where I wanted to be there that much, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh, so fun. It's got a great aesthetic. Like, it's, like, cathartic, and you're, like, sounds, like, peaceful, but not, like, boring. Like, if I got to be there, that'd be nice. Yeah. I was, like, I could imagine myself chilling there forever, honestly. (laughs) Chilling at the circus I'd be in the cloud maze all day, every day. I'd be, like, okay, or all night, every night. I'd be, like. All night, every night. (laughs) True. (laughs) That's funny. Was there anything else we want to say about the Night Circus? No. I liked it. Sweet. I liked it, too. Uh, Well, next episode is another book wreck. We are going to be doing Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh! 
mm-hmm. which is a book rec from Evie on Instagram. So thank awesome. you, Evie. Watch me mispronounce her name, even though I think I know that it's Evie. 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 It could be Evie. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. I'm going to assume it's Evie, and I'm going to apologize if I'm wrong. It's but, Evie. Um, but thank you. Have you ever read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory before? Yes. Oh, I have not. So we'll see. Um, I hate the the type of illustration I always see on the covers. So I will say that. Just like close your eyes. I like both <laughs> movies because it uh-huh. makes me want to like just eat candy. And I'm right. like, I bet that's edible. It makes me like walk through my house and be like, I wonder if I can take a bite out of my wall. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun if you could? Mm-hmm. I obsessively watch those like TikTok videos where it's like someone has made a cake that looks so genuinely oh, like some real object. Cake. I'm like, oh my God, is it a cake? Are you going to bite it? Is she going to bite it? Oh my God, it's a cake. And I'm shocked every time. (laughs) That's the whole channel and it's still surprising. I think that's everything we've got for this episode. So if you guys want to keep up with us during the week, you can do that. You can follow us on that on that pretentious book club. You can follow that pretentious book club on Instagram and on TikTok. If you guys have book recs that you want to send us for season five or beyond, you guys can do that. Or if you just want to send us book recs of stuff that you think that we should read, you can do that on social media or you can email us at contact at storysirenstudio.com. And also we have some new merch out, which is exciting. So you guys should go to storysirenstudio.com. Again, it's our production company. Or you can go to thatpretentiousbookclub.com. It'll take you to the same place. And um, we have some good... um, we have uh, Greg, High Lord of the Night Court, which was a callback to our <laughs> Court of Thorns and Roses episode, which is pretty funny. Uh, we've got that merch coming out. Uh, our Always Falling for the vi- for the Villain merch is back again, which is yeah, exciting. Yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. So that'll, that's back for a limited time. And then we'll switch to our Christmas merch. And then also, my sister is almost done redesigning a um, Fierce Little Acorn shirt, so which is a Shakespeare quote. So... That'll be precious, um, and it's a callback to our Midsummer Night's Dream episode. So all that is coming y'all's way. It is all y'all's. If you guys want to watch the videos, the recordings of our episodes, so you guys can see, you know, like my really cool little cat soap dispenser or the glasses <laughs> that the cat chose for me to wear today uh, or just our beautiful faces and the gorgeous expressions that we make while we cackle about books, uh, you guys can do that. You can go to Patreon slash StorySirenStudio.com. It's a great way to support the pod if you guys like what you hear, but honestly, so is merch. So follow thine hearts. Uh, there's also exclusive merch on there, which is pretty cool, and some bonus episodes. So Dare I say, to thine own self be true, you know? Ooh, like, let's to just thine do own it. self be true. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. That's a perfect spot for that. But um, I think that's everything we've got for you guys. So leave a review below. We'll see you guys next week. And until then, keep your teacups full. Your pinkies high. And your book club. Pretentious. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>